it is a wonderful day here in Texas. It is a hot day. Better have a good day. Drink your water fluid. You want it before you do it again. Sir, We're kicking off the round of 12. We have reset the championship. Pullman's heat is definitely turned up as they roll in here to Texas. Fellas, long day. Uh, make sure you stay hydrated. Try to get another win here in Texas. That'd be pretty cool. Face cards off.
that's all it is. I respect that, but we've got a long way to go here, okay? Good grief, if he's mad about what happened off of two, we never touched. The man wrecks you under caution, and he gets no penalty? What are we doing? I'll give him the penalty if he comes back to me. Not sure what to expect on this restart. Green flag waves. Kyle Reddick gets the best of sit outs and he goes to the lead. Is it okay to tell him to be careful with his here or just let him run? We're good. Problems, turn two. Watch him coming down, all the way down. I can't believe that just happened. Right, they're wrecking over there, buddy, run. Yep, left front fender pushed up. They all checked up, he got the 10. 24 laps to go here at Texas. It's Reddick and Logano. So long as both of you have your help. Tyler Reddick will take the lead when they come back to the line. I forward here. All clear behind. Uh, vibration got really, really bad again. The ace complaining about a vibration. So keep our eyes filled. 515, white flag. And what has been a bizarre day is going to end up a happy ending for Tyler Reddick. Come on, bring it home. Yeah! Let's go! Great job, guys! Yeah! Awesome, man. Really proud of you, little buddy. Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall here with another episode. This was uh, our radioactive Texas Motor Speedway where we started the second round of the playoffs. And, of course, that uh, was Tyler Reddick coming away with a win. Technically, because he's not in the playoffs anymore, another non-playoff driver who has now won during the playoffs <laughs> and joining me here as always is uh mike haig mike of course from racedaysa.com mike good to see you uh yeah. we didn't get to spend more time together this weekend since i, I uh, was a dud i know I, I miss that we didn't get to do all of our fun stuff that we normally do and uh but you uh i was worried about you there because you were in a lot of pain there with your back hurting you and everything and i know how that is that's you can't because you can't sit Mm -mm. You know, stay still it's miserable and you you know there's no place to lay down there in the media center so <laughs> well and for those that don't know and, and honestly this is a chance for us to kind of come clean too because we had teased that we were going to be doing this broadcast or doing another show on saturday um and there's a reason there's a couple of reasons why we didn't first of all um well a it's oh sorry my headset was all screwed up um a we, I got in there a little bit late. I was um, coming in and my back had been bothering me for a couple of days. And Saturday, it just, it really was starting to kick in. And we were even talking about when we were sitting in the media center, how, you know, it's hard to explain to folks the way the media center is set up, but there's a stage kind of to the, um, at the front of the room. And then there's tables going um up and down is that perpendicular mike is that what that is <laughs> um yeah i guess you could say it's perpendicular okay and um, but we they're, don't they're, face... they're tables but they're like workstations but they're long right and we don't face the stage the stage is kind of to the side of us basically no, we, face, we face each other we face each other yeah. so now what's cool about texas for mike and myself um honestly is 
and Mike's been this up in this spot for years, but just like in the last five years, I've been promoted, I guess, up there. <laughs> um, yeah. But what's so cool is we are dead center, uh, front and center, front row, I mean, first seats and uh, next to the stage. So yeah. uh, we even get better seats sometimes than some of the other like national media people. And it's just, you know, I guess that's their way of help, you know, pay that. And I think too, Mike, lately it's been because it's paid off because I've asked questions and yeah. so Dave puts me up there and I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, but with that said, we get these big cushy chairs that I'm not complaining. They're, they're cushy and they're comfortable. Yeah, they're nice, but you can't like slide yourself to the side or whatever, you know, you're wearing jeans or whatever, and it sticks to the chair. So I was just the turning, the constant turning. Yeah. I was so stiff. Then it was hotter than hell. Oh um, man. It was, was it so miserable. Um, and so like even to get up and go walk up and down pit road, which I love to go see friends and stuff. I, I mean, I don't know if you could tell Mike, but I mean, I was really hurting it. It, it was, it was killing me. Yeah. And well, so, didn't we, we walked out there once and walked around a little bit. Yeah. Our, our friend, Matthew Kemp. Mm-hmm. And, but it was like 135 degrees out there on the uh, pit road because the uh, darn asphalt was so hot. Yeah, it was miserable. So I told you I was going to go ahead and leave early, which I did. I left uh, once the, the race started, the Xfinity Series race started. I left early. Um, my plan was to go home, uh, get in a hot bath and take a muscle relaxer. And so that way I could get up early and get back to the track on Sunday. But we were going to record Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, A, I was passed out from the muscle relaxer. And then you guys didn't even get out of the media center till what time on Saturday night? Oh, it was like close to 10 o'clock. Because Dale Jr., dadgummit. No. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it was Tyler. It was uh, no, Noah. We were waiting on Noah to uh, Gregson to get in there. And, um, but you said he, Dale gave you a hell of an interview. I mean, he was oh, talking. Oh, man. Yeah, so, so so let me explain to our listeners what's what happened. Dell Jr. comes in because they always bring either the they bring the crew chief, the car owner, and the driver in huh? normally, normally. Or if they can't get the the car owner, they bring like the competition director or somebody high up in the in the company that's there at the track representing the uh, team that weekend. Well, it happened to be <laughs> Junior because you know the NBC broadcast and everything. So Junior comes in and he's all happy and everything, and he sits down and what do y'all want to know? You know, and he starts talking and we get like a 35 minute session media interview session out of, out of him. And he was great and gave his opinions about the track and what, how, how it ought to change. And that's when I wrote my story, I wrote a column on it and used a lot of his quotes. But then after he was done, when Noah came in, he was waiting for Noah. He just comes and sits with the, with us, with the media People, you know, with all the press and everything, he just sits down right with us and starts visiting with us and everything. And and um, so yeah, it was it was real laid back and um, it was it was a cool, it was cool, but it took forever. So we were there forever, you know. There was this thing on Twitter I saw with Noah Gregson. I think it was NBC Sports. You know how they'll do like the little quick snippet or and yeah. like different things. And so it was like, you know, tell us something about you or something. And he's like, I'm. I'm really introverted and I don't like to talk much. And then he sits there and he goes, no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> and of course they beep it, but it's so, I like him. I think he's going to bring a lot. Oh, yeah. 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 And Dale, 
is it's kind of sad to see him go, you know, because he's going from Xfinity to Cup next year and then leaving JR Motorsports. Um, so, um, but yeah, then Noah went on forever. That was another 25, 30 minute uh, session. So, you know, by the time we did that and then we're waiting on NASCAR to provide us the audio, upload the pictures, all the stuff that I use, it took forever. So day. let me ask you this. Who left first, you or Bob Pockers? I did. Okay. Bob was still there. <laughs> yeah, Bob was there before I got there, and he was there after I left. Okay. And, so, and what about on Sunday? There, Sunday, he was there before I left and after I left. <laughs> He's always the first yeah. one in and the last one out. He is the hardest working guy in the media center by far. He, I and, think- Dustin, he and Dustin Long. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, I think one time that I know of for sure, we were there longer than he was. He left before us, but it probably was because he had to catch a flight or something. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But, um, very and interesting. Then that Xfinity raced on. I mean, just, you know, how many good grief they had uh, looking at the results sheet here. <laughs> Let's see how many cautions they had. Nine cautions for 52 laps and 14 lead changes among seven drivers in that, in that race. And they had uh, from positions 22 on down, they were all out of the race. So there were only like 21 cars running at the finish. And there were only actually, <laughs> get this, uh, eight cars on the lead lap at the finish at that race. It was just a wreck fest, crash fest, whatever you want to call it. Demolition Derby. Yeah, race, but um, but Noah did get the get the victory, and uh, and that was a good good there. And um, I thought you know they had some good racing going on, but they just tore up a lot of equipment. Yeah. All right. Well, then we fast forward to Sunday with my intentions of getting up and getting to the track early to be there all day. Um, really thought that you know resting the back and stuff was going to help, uh, heating pad and stuff. No, it, it turns out going to the track on Saturday made made it worse. Um, and, and then, I, then I tell you, then I suggest that you get a massage. Yeah. Well, and which <laughs> helped, I mean, it hurt, but it helped, but it didn't, um, long story short. Yeah. I've, I've just got something, I've got some muscle spasms going on from an injury that I had almost two years ago now. And so I'm going to go see a specialist here, uh, the first week of October, but Mike, you were there. It sucked. It really sucked to not be there, especially for this playoff. I mean, I was so pissed. I watched it, though, at home while, um, you know, while I was home. And I can look back, though, and say, okay, I I am so glad that I didn't go because, A, it was even hotter on Sunday than it was on on Saturday. And with all of the daggum cautions and, you know, red flag and the, I no, no, I would yeah. never have made it, Mike. Well, you know, it was a 334 lap race. They had a record 16 cautions for 91 laps. <laughs> That's a lot of laps to run under <laughs> caution. And then, you know, with all the tire issues they had and everything, um, and all the other drama they had on the track going on and trying to, not crashing into the wall and trying to keep from doing that. Get this, Dawn. I've and I've never seen numbers like this before. Thirty-six lead changes among nineteen different drivers. That's a that's almost half the field. Well, Mike, it's that's, funny that's that you over think half the field that, that that led the race at one point or another. That's that's incredible. Well, 
and and I'm going to tell you, I have mixed feelings on this race. I really did because I didn't think it was as bad as what I thought it was going to be. I know. I, I thought it was pretty damn good racing there. Yeah. Um, minus the tires and uh, the, the tires blowing, which I've got some thoughts on that. And I want to, I want to pick your brain with here in a little bit, but before we get to all of that, let's not, uh, let's not derail the train here. We need to talk about the fact that Tyler Reddick, like mm-hmm. we said during the open uh, now becomes the fourth non-playoff driver. Yes. He made the playoffs in the first round, but he was eliminated. So technically he is a non-playoff driver now and he That's has true. won. So now he's the fourth non-playoff driver in four races, um, four playoff races, races, I should say, uh, to win. And you've got some interview from him. Um, I I guess you've got a couple of different interviews with him. Yeah. So the first one we'll hear, this is the reaction when he was interviewed on the front stretch um, right after the race. So here we go. All this group has been through. And yet here they are still winning races. And still a team, as Randall Burnett told me earlier today. And how about the Texas race fans who stayed here through this long night of racing? And Tyler Reddick brings it home to victory lane. What an incredible night. I got to know, with all the tire issues, as you kind of say, yeah, you're right, an incredible night. How worried were you on that final run? Because you went so long on this set of good years. I was extremely worried, I'm not going to lie. Unfortunately, just about every time we've had fast cars, we've had some tire problems. And, uh, yeah, that last run, uh, the right sides were vibrating really, really uh, hard there. So I was just trying to maximize and, and just use the advantage that I, uh, the gap that I built over Joey, just in case. I mean, every time we've had a, had a strong car, we've been bit by something, man. So really, just really proud to be able to get this Lenovo Chevy to victory lane. I mean... We were at uh, Auto Club earlier this year. We were so fast with this car, and uh, they deserve to get to victory lane. We got them there. How did this team stay together through all the adversity you faced this year, you leaving Kyle coming in and not making it to this round, Tyler? Well, that was, yeah, it was tough. I mean, two points. Uh, you know, the, every, every spot matters in this deal, and, you know, we just had two tough races. We brought a really fast car to Darlington, and we were leading in Kansas when we broke and, and fell out early. And so it's just it's tough, but this will... Uh, this will make that uh, the pain of not making it through a little bit easier, even though, yes, it, uh, it would have locked in around eight. But, hey, we're winning races. That's what we'll keep trying to do. What a long night. How about these Texas race fans who hung out for all of it? Yeah, I mean, it was a hot one. Thank you to the fans that came out. I really appreciate it. This is, uh, this is a tough race. 500 miles here is not an easy feat, and I know it wasn't easy on you guys as well. So it's just so great to be able to win here in a cup car. Been close a few times, and, uh, yeah. Look at Lombardi. Yeah, let's go. There you go. The guys are out here. What a veteran crew. Tyler Reddick brings it to victory lane at Texas. All right, Don. There you go. He was excited, you know, and, and you know, here he is. He's not coming back next year. Well, he's coming back, but he's not coming back in the in the, in the number eight car next year. Right. And uh, but, he you know, steps up and gets the win. And, and uh, Randall Barnett, his crew chief, spoke really, really highly of him. Richard Childers was happy he came in the media center, despite the fact that there's tension still between the, you know, they want to keep winning. They want to keep moving forward. And Tyler led three times for a total of 70 laps. So it's not like he just took the lead there at the end. I mean, he, he, uh, he was, he led more laps than anybody else in the, in the race um, on, on Sunday. Very interesting. And then, um, 
uh, I know there was, uh, you had some other audio from him though, too, because yeah. like you said, the scenario is so interesting. Um, all the dynamics of it. We talked about it last week about Richard Childress and, you know, I mean, acquiring Kyle Bush and how this all went down and how pissed really, really and truly he was at the way that Tyler Reddick and them had, and Denny Hamlin them handled the announcement and stuff. So yeah. there's since, been a lot of tension. Yeah. yeah. And since the announcement, you know, he, he wins and gets in the playoffs and then he um, gets knocked out of the playoffs, but then he wins a non-playoff, you know, he's a non-playoff driver. <laughs> who wins a race at Texas. So the the question was asked of him do looking back now, because they're doing really well. The team is doing really well and he's run really well in, in the last few races. Or does he have any re, re, regrets you might say about leaving and doing, going to 2311 and here's what he had to say. Um, no, no regrets. I mean, it, it, Unfortunately, the decision that was made and, and my choice to move on had nothing really to do with my team. It was just it was just circumstances with, you know, myself and RCR. And, um, you know, I, I love my team. I've never been as close I am with this group as, as I have been with as, with anyone else. And, um, you know, it, it's a type of bond and 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 and, and a group and then the friendship that we have that will outlive our tenure together as as a, a driver and as a team. You know, we're already joking around about you know and. Years down the road, when when I'm running somewhere else, we'll probably still be doing the same things we're doing now. We'll probably still be spending spending time together, hanging out, doing that sort of thing. That's just who we are. So, um, yeah, we're we're making the most of this for sure. You know, it, it is unfortunate that you know things do have to come to an end. And as it turned out, you know, it's coming to a close a little bit sooner than we all initially thought when when I made my announcements. But uh, it's the direction that that RCR needs to take for for their long-term goals and i understand that but they're a great team and they're gonna have a lot of fun and you know they're they're getting a really good driver uh, you know they're getting a really really good driver uh, you know after me so you know they're gonna continue to have that success and have that have that strong drive behind the driver's seat so you know i i didn't know if we were gonna stay together our whole lives or, or how it was gonna go but if, if for whatever reason you know as it's turned out that i would be going the other way I would. I wanted nothing more than for them to have like the next best driver that that there is in the field, and for them to get Kyle Busch, for me is if I'm if I'm going one way and and I can't be with them any longer. If I could just go through the list and pick a driver, that's the guy. So for for my team and those guys, I care about a lot. I'm really glad they're going to have him. All right, Don. So there you go. You know he's. Uh, uh, insistent that you know he's going to keep trying to do what he can to win this year and and um even though they're they're knocked out i mean he wants to he wants to win he want he's hoping that will carry over you know when he gets to the, to the new team eventually and um so um i wouldn't be surprised to see him you know in the next what was six races left i think mm-hmm. in the season i wouldn't be surprised to see him you know get an, another victory before it's all over with this year me either mike and i mean and and i don't know the guy's probably not as petty as i am but i'm thinking to myself if i'm if i'm tyler reddick i'm out now to be as petty as i can because all the talk last week has been about how richard childers has won in this deal because he's picking up kyle bush you know and 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 so he's getting the better end of the deal well i mean this is the way that tyler reddick is going to want 
this the, the you know this season to go and next season if that's the case to to show that hey 2311 scored when they when they got a contract with me for 2024 yeah. so you know i've got a lot to prove and and you know let's face it he's had a great season yeah, I mean, yeah. Doug Rice told us how hard. Remember when we gave the numbers there? What was mm-hmm. it? It was like twenty-eight drivers, I think, in the history of NASCAR or something like that that have won more than two races. Yeah, and well, that was about regarding about Bubba. Yeah, which but Tyler was had two at the at the time. Now he's got three, and I'm not sure. I gotta look at the numbers. I'm not sure. There's got to be an um, even smaller percentage of drivers who have won three races or more now in the in the in the cup series in the history there so that's that's a that's something i need to definitely look up see yeah how for sure well speaking of being petty <laughs> and drama oh lord did we get it the the claws came out at at texas there was all sorts of uh stuff going on back and forth going on penalties not being called on teams and stuff and yeah. it being insinuated that um, you know, because of who it is and whatnot, which, okay, let's face it. And I'm not a Denny Hamlin fan, but Denny nailed it. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I do not agree. I know NASCAR said that they didn't, they were busy watching the caution or something. So they missed what happened. And if they would have seen, and I know that they have penalized William Byron now post, but I think it's because they got called out on it. Yeah. So we have audio from both guys. We'll okay. hear from William first, then well, Denny. Let's set it up though. What happened? Okay, so it was under a caution, um, if I'm not mistaken. And um, William Byron ba- spun Denny Hamlin out, didn't he? Or he got yeah. into the back of him, basically. Spun in the back of him, yeah, okay. spun him out. And they didn't penalize him for it. No, they said they didn't see it. Yeah, they said they didn't see it. So um, there we go. So and Denny Hamlin disagreed. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely disagreed. So. Here's what William had to say. Let me play it, and then we'll come back. Okay. So here we go. Right, Rick, and he had that incident with Denny Hamlin there. So let's start with the first one, and then we'll get to the second one. What happened off of turn two there between you and Denny? Do you feel like that was something in his control that not have happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he ran me out of room, and then the toe link, and it's we're lucky we finished. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really hard contact. It wasn't like just a light – it wasn't like – you know, just a light contact or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I didn't mean to you obviously spin him out over there, but I'm obviously, you know, pissed off and um, just not going to get run like that. We've always run so well um, or raced so well together, so I don't I don't know what it was all about. I mean, the 19 took his air away, and he ran out of racetrack, so he chose to run me out of, out of racetrack completely. And, again, like, look, it's not like it was just light contact. Like, I mean, I thought we were going to be done, so – um, yeah. So you ran into him off purpose off turn four? I don't know. I uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. I went to go show my displeasure. I didn't mean to, you know, hit him and uh, spin him out. I, there's a ton of guys that do this and um, and go do something like that. I see it all the time. So, um, but, yeah, I'm just not going to get run like that. And, um, yeah, there's really no reason. I mean, we're running second and third, I think, and, um, you know, had a shot to, to win. And, Killed our car for sure, so um, that was a bummer. Will you talk to him about it? Uh, yeah, I guess so. We'll, we'll probably talk. I mean, look, like we've never had issues, so I don't, I didn't really get it. But I'm not just gonna be like, oh, don't normally have issues with this guy. I'm not gonna be mad about it. So it was, uh, yeah, it was uncalled for, and um, 
feel like we handled it. Kim, he's not going to lay over. Okay, Don. So that was his version of the story. So there's always two sides to the story. Yeah. That's what he said happened. I'm not quite sure about that. Mm -hmm. But want to hear what Denny had to say now? Oh, yeah. All right, here's crybaby Denny. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say that, but here's what Denny had to say. Here we go. Let's hear the other side of the story. Denny Hamlin. William said he wanted to show his displeasure, but didn't mean to spin you out. You wanted to see a penalty for that contact under caution. Were you surprised it didn't come out by NASCAR? Well, I think the crew chief was wanting something because you can't, I mean, I guess we can just wreck each other under caution. I, I tried to wreck him back, but, um, yeah, it's just uh, – I don't think we touched. I, uh, I got to look, but I, I don't think we touched. But obviously, uh, he sent us through the infield on, under caution. He said he likely needs to talk to you, but you guys haven't had any prior incidents. What's that conversation going to be like? I mean, you know, I, I, I keep hearing these guys, but, I, you know, I have just, I'll just add it to the list of, of guys when I get a chance. They're going to get it. Going to get it later in the playoffs, or is this something that, carries over to next it all, year it all just works itself out we'll be racing each other at some point and he'll lose a lot of spots because he's you know racing me so it's just uh it's this is hard racing obviously um i'm fine with hard racing but wrecking me under caution is obviously uh not what we were uh uh bargained for and so thanks to my fedex toyota team for bouncing back obviously it cost us all of our track position i thought we were in a great position to win until uh, we, we got sent back to 20-something there. So, All right. So Denny is adamant, you know, that he shouldn't have been spun. He should have been penalized. And I don't know, you know, NASCAR, maybe they, they, they didn't see it happen. I don't know. There was some, there was some audio I heard. I, I wish I could go find it, but I guess it's his crew chief coming back and telling Denny something. And he's like, Oh, okay. Like real sarcastic. And that's exactly what he said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I believe that. I, I don't believe that shit. <laughs> so Denny says, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's got it coming to him or whatever the word was. Him. So, okay. So now let's add him to the list of Ross Chastain. Who else does Denny have? <laughs> Denny's going to be busy just like paying back people for shit. Well, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, somebody doesn't take Denny out at one of these races here uh, just to shut shut him up. But um, I don't know. These guys, you know, they're there's a little, things are getting real tense as as we go six races left. And none of these playoff drivers have won a race yet. I know. And speaking and of Ross Chastain, isn't he sitting pretty in like second place or something, Mike? Currently? Yeah, he's doing real well in the points right now. What are the points right now? You 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 usually have all of that stuff. I think I, I, think I have the sheet here. Let me look here. It's, yeah, here it is. Uh, the uh, Joey Logano is out front, Don, in the point standings. Uh, Ross Chastain is second, and William Byron is third. <laughs> and then it's Kyle Larson, Blaney. Denny Hamlin, and that's in the, he's in sixth. And then seventh is Daniel Suarez. Chase Elliott is eighth. And then that's where the cut would be, I guess, because um, for the round of eight. And then so below the line is Chase Briscoe, Austin Sendrick, Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman. Mm. Then we'll find out today. I know we've got some NASCAR news coming up, but I might as well go ahead and say it. Yeah. Alex, Alex Bowman had hit his head pretty good. It has like a concussion under the concussion protocol right now, will not race at Talladega this weekend. And Noah Gregson is going to drive the car. Yeah. So um, 
that's not looking good for Alex. And then, and, and then not to get off subject, but I saw Denny went off on NASCAR today on Twitter. And so did Kevin Harvick about this. Mm-hmm. So about, NASCAR, about the, uh, the, the car. Okay. About the car. You know, again, again, it's coming back about the cars and these hard hits these guys are taking. So um, well, there's speak- all sorts of stuff going on right now. Well, a lot of that stemmed too because of Cody Ware's wreck there, which that well, wreck was nasty. Yeah. He hit a part of the wall, the inside um, pit road wall, and which there's no safer barrier or anything there. It's just a hard, you know, and so I know that they've talked uh, about that place that, you know, maybe they need to do something, you know, with that. I stand, you know, what's scary is sometimes when I go out there, I stand right in that area. Mm-hmm. So I'm going re- to rethink that next time I'm at Texas. Yeah. Yeah, we um, always go down that down there at the end, basically yeah. where the entrance is. Yeah, um, that's kind of where it was. So, well, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, the car. I, I just don't know. We're not driving it, so it, I hate criticizing them because they're the drivers in it. But then there's just this part of me where it's like, okay, are they just criticizing shit just to criticize it? You know, I mean, I, I don't. It's just to be bitching. Yeah, I mean, because they're frustrated because they're not haven't got the win in the playoffs or I I don't know. I don't you know, I'm hoping that it's legitimate complaints out of it. But I don't know. You know, again, it's the first year of this car. And you I I mean, go ahead. They got to work the bugs out of it. Right. Give give feedback for sure. But, you know, I mean, at the same time. To to just here's what I don't like, Mike, is because there are people out there, <laughs> me and my conspiracy people, or just people that are like, I, I okay, because I was at home the other day, I'm reading, you know, all the comments yeah. and, and stuff, and and of course it was a mixed bag. You had people that were like me and that were surprisingly shocked that it was decent racing, and then of course there was just the I hate Texas, blow it up, um, race. This is a big waste of time stuff. But those are the same people and blow up the new car while you're at it, because it's it's the worst thing that's ever happened in NASCAR. I'm like, who the hell? What races have y'all been watching? Yeah, this is the best thing that's ever happened in NASCAR is this car. I don't know what race these people are or races these people are watching or why they would say that other than the fact that maybe a driver that they happen to love isn't succeeding or something. I, I don't I mean, Mike, I just don't get that at all. Yeah. I mean, like you say, every week you read the stats off. And if you're, if you are a pure race fan, like take out your driver, just a pure race fan. How can you not like 32 lead changes between, you know, half the damn field in each yeah, race 30, on average? 36 lead changes among 19 different drivers. I don't recall maybe ever. In cup, I have to I have to look this up because this could be a record itself. I know the cautions was a record, but I don't know about the number of lead changes among drivers. But this is a high number, and for a track like Texas, for Texas, usually, for sure, which usually somebody gets out front and leads the whole darn thing. Mm-hmm. We don't have much passing and everything, but we had a lot of lead changes and passing at this race. That's what people been wanting. And they they said something uh, on the broadcast the other day too when I was listening that it was the hottest race on record at Texas. But what yeah. I think they meant to say is there's no way because I know the IndyCar races have been hotter. I mean it's been well, in the hundreds. So I'm yeah. I'm assuming it's the hottest NASCAR race and probably in November 
and they just didn't put all of that in there. Um, but, because I know there's been some hot ones, but it, it's probably the hottest NASCAR race that's ever happened mm-hmm. at Texas or Cup Series race. But I know it ain't the hottest race at Texas because we've been there when it was, you know, 101. I mean, it's it lives yeah. in the hundreds in, uh, when they used to come in June. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was hot. I mean, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from it. It 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 was miserable. And the sad, the sad thing, Mike, the thing that just pisses you off the most is the very next day, we got a cold front or a cool front up here, blew in all the humidity out. It was a beautiful, like eighty-eight degrees and breezy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I spent the night at my son's apartment in Waco. Got up, walked outside. It was sixty-one degrees in Waco that morning, and just oh, the fall air was just wonderful it's like why couldn't this happen a couple of days ago <laughs> today the high here today was 82 sunny Ooh, breezy, wow. 82 degrees low in the high uh 50s yeah. this morning so i mean yeah, we, we, we've had 59 degree uh 60 degree mornings every morning this week uh since here in, in floresville and then which is i live just south of san antonio about 30 miles so it's been nice been real but- nice well, Mike, uh, one of the other issues that we talked about a little bit was the tire issue. We were blowing right front tires like yeah. they were going out of style. And um, I guess we had uh, Scott Miller from NASCAR comment on this, correct? Yeah, well, before before they brought the guy from Goodyear in, uh-huh. and I don't, I don't have the audio with me right now on that, but uh, he's the, the rep head guy with works with NASCAR and Goodyear. He was actually at the track. He came in and addressed the media before the race is even over. And um, he, they, there's a big concern, and it had to do with air pressure, and, and um, they're going to look into it. There is some concern going forward now with the track at Vegas. And, um, you know, it's it's a mile-and-a-half track similar to Texas in some, some ways. But they're concerned how that tire is going to uh, react at that track. But so he kind of talked about that. Uh, then Scott Miller, the um, vice president of the competition, I think, of NASCAR, he met with the media after the Tyler Reddick press conference at the hauler. And he ad- addressed two issues. He addressed the uh, the concern about the tires. And then he also, Bob Pockers asked him about the uh, Denny Hamlin, um, William Byron situation. And he explained why they didn't make a call right then because they didn't see the incident take place so he addressed that and we later know that they were going to follow up with that which they did and William got the penalty so uh, let me go ahead and play it if that's okay with you uh-huh. and uh, here's what uh Scott Miller had to say here we go obviously we saw a lot of tire problems and we saw a lot of teams that didn't have tire problems and you know we're working <clears throat> working through that Goodyear's working through that with the teams and you know, working through what the setups were, what the air pressures were to try to try to get to the bottom of it. But, you know, there was a lot of teams that reported no problems to us post race. And, you know, and they did admit to being a little bit on the conservative side, uh, air pressure and being closer to uh, the, su- the suggested uh, minimums that Goodyear recommended. So uh, I'll have to be honest with you, Bob, when we were in the tower, we were paying more attention to the actual cause of the caution. Uh, up there and dispatching our equipment. Uh, the William Byron, Denny Hamlin thing, we had no eyes on. We saw Denny go through the grass, and by the time we got to uh, a replay that showed the incident well enough to do anything to it, we had gone back to green, but um, I'm not sure that um, that issue is 
completely resolved as of yet. So we'll be looking at uh, we'll be looking at that when we get back to back to work. All right, Don. So that's that. You know, they're they're, they're concerned, uh, but some of the teams, like Scott said, some of the teams didn't have any problems with tires. That and that's one of the things I wanted that's- to talk to you about and get your opinion because uh, Justin Marks has been on you know i think he comes on weekly with dave moody and he's been on a couple of times and and he's talked about this he's talked about they track house has not had issues with tires really blowing but he says the reason why he's and and this is something else that was a, a, a bit of a debate online um during the race and stuff too is he says it's because his team is running the tire the way that Goodyear recommends running the tire and that it's it's not a Goodyear tire issue. It's a team issue and that these yeah. other teams are really pressing, you know, are pushing the the boundary of the tire and they're running, you know, I mean, it has to do with their camber and all kinds of stuff, the amount of pressure and stuff that they're putting on that tire on that right side and they're really pushing it. And he says yeah. at Trackhouse, they haven't been. They've been running in accordance with what, you know, Goodyear recommends amends and he thinks that that's why they have not had the issues that other teams have had yeah well ross didn't seem to have the problem bubba didn't seem to have the problem uh uh you know uh there were some guys that that didn't blow tires like like many of the other ones did so you kind of wonder (laughs) are these crew chiefs and these some of these teams pushing the envelope a little bit too far i think they they, i think they, they might be uh it's just you know again the competition level is so intense and close this year these guys are trying everything they can to get the victory to win the championship and so you're going to see them push it a little bit to the edge you might say well speaking of pushing it to the edge and what we're seeing so far in this playoffs mike um in my one half day of working (laughs) On Saturday, uh, you know, they they do, I guess, what is it? the We call it the bull ring or whatever, but they'll bring in, you know, one or two, sometimes even, you know, three drivers at a time. And they've got a set, you know, they'll stand in two different areas or whatever. And um, media just kind of all goes up and asks questions. It's like a little five, six minute session mm-hmm. or whatever. And you can ask whatever. Um, Brad came in, Keselowski, because he won the poll, of course, yeah. for, for Sunday's race. So he came in on his own and did um did a presser for the poll deal and yeah. i got to ask him a question which of course i wanted to make sure you know me i i i love to talk to him but i um as as the questions were going on and stuff i i thought to myself i'm like you know brad's been on both sides of this issue um which i told him i hated saying that because you know it's yeah. like okay, you're not in the playoffs right now but you've been there um but i mean truth of the matter is Andy's an owner in it so i mean there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of things on the line for him but I wanted to know his thoughts on these non-playoff drivers winning these races and being so competitive because in years past, oh. non-playoff drivers, it's not even that they weren't able to, it's really and truly, it was frowned upon for them to yeah. quote unquote race the playoff guys. So, um, and I mentioned that to him and I thought that Brad had a very interesting response Um to the question. And so I, I, I wanted to make sure that we, you know, we got that in there because I think it does go to kind of how this playoffs so far, how this whole season really, but how this playoff so far has, um, has played out and then kind of what Brad thinks the playoffs in the next years to come could look at or look like, I should say. So here's Brad Keselowski. Hi, Brad, Don Hall, Tracksmack Radio. Um, 
seeing that you've been on both sides, and I hate that, I hate saying that, but you have been on both mm -hmm. sides as a playoff driver and now a non-playoff driver though. In the past, we have seen non-playoff drivers tend to hang back, not be as much you know, in the mix, let sure. the playoff drive. I remember there was a time when it was let the playoff drivers drive and you stay out oh, of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now seeing what we're seeing and after this last three weeks, after you having your driver in there, now being on the pole, how exciting is it for you as a driver though, to see that, that on any given weekend, and I know it's cliche, but seriously now on any given weekend, it's anybody's race to take. Yeah, I mean, there's more parity now in some ways than ever before. Um, you know, now the, the, the fight is for who's going to get the test at a track. You know, it's just that's like you're looking for any advantage you can get. Now the fights are, are you know, uh, in, in different places. You know, they're in pit road stuff. Not that we didn't fight on pit road before. They're in, they're in meetings where we're arguing over who gets the tire test at Texas or who gets it at Homestead or Atlanta. Like, those things now are everything, um, you know. So the, the, the parody is, is certainly a part of it, but then there's, you know, a lot of OEM fights. That's, that's really big right now. Uh, you know, whoever gets the most resources from their OEM has, a, you know, a huge advantage. Um, and so that stack of the deck is, is really important, I think, as we look to the future. Uh, so the game's changing. You know, the, the game's changing, not just because of the next-gen car, but all the rules around it, uh, you know, whether it's the limited practice sessions or the, the single lug nuts, uh, certainly part of it, or the, the, the way that the balance of power has really shifted to the OEMs here with a number of the rules. And, and so we're adapting in, in real time. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's some of the reason why you're seeing so much variance. Uh, I would add that there's other reasons for it, too, you know, the durability and, and things that are being worked through the first year of the car. Uh, the tires and, and everybody trying to understand those limits. Uh, but I expect the, to some extent uh, that, that parity to go away as time uh, goes by and, and some of the variableness of the, the racing goes away. And there you go, Mike. So yeah. um, enjoy it while it lasts, I guess, because it yeah. may not be that way in a couple of years is what Brad's saying. Well, that's, that's what he says. <laughs> I don't know. Uh you know, these non-playoff guys, uh, if they can get the win, I, I say you're racing for a win. Get it any way you can. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I kind of like what I've seen this, so far this uh, playoff season. It, it's been exciting. It's been different. It's And now we go to Talladega. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything can happen there. Well, <laughs> and, and before uh, I want to wrap up, but um, what I was going to say, Mike, is one of the things that I find kind of crybaby-ish, um, and again, this is like one of those narratives that has been put out there that certain fans are running with. Um, you know, you've heard Harvick, you've heard Truex, you've heard others um, talk about like the parts and these being crappy parts or shitty parts or, you know, whatever. And all I can think of is like to me that comes across as all I'm hearing is is whining and crying because I don't feel like they're shitty parts. I feel no. like nobody it's your level. Now you're not able to, to get away. Money can't buy you. The win is basically, yeah. you know, and, and I'm not saying that, it, that money has bought all these wins, but money has helped those teams in the past be able to afford not necessarily different parts, but people who can, you know, make those parts and do certain things with them and give them that little competitive edge, that little bit of difference. Now everybody is even 
And, you know, I don't necessarily know that it's shitty parts. Maybe it's more of it's just we're not seeing people that everyone thought were shitty drivers. You know, it's well, the, the driving field is pretty equal now. And some of these guys that have been finishing lower in the positions over the years, I think are better drivers than what we actually realized they were. Because we're seeing some damn good driving by some of these guys. And I think they're, their driving ability has been able to be, be showcased more now. Absolutely, Mike. And I think that you could also play devil's advocate, which I will, um, and say, because we've done it before, that there are other drivers who have been very successful in, in years past that mm-hmm. we could argue, is it because they were in great equipment during those times? Maybe yeah. they're not as great of a driver maybe it's you know i mean i i don't know i hate to say that but i really feel like a lot of these i feel like the majority of the field is pretty even as far as driving abilities i think that in the past it has been the car that has been the difference and it's nice now that we're seeing that kind of being taken out of it it should be the drivers it should you know that's what it should come down to yeah and then you talk about you know the guy that can drive and and he has been in the best equipment, but here's Eric Eric Jones again, sixth place finish, and then I go down the list a little bit. Michael McDowell, eleventh place finish. You got Ross and and uh, Daniel and Ross in twelfth and thirteenth, and then here's Corey LaJoy, La, La, La whatever, in fourteenth. These guys, you know, where did Justin Haley finish? Because he was up there too for a little uh, bit. He, he finished. Um, let's see. I know at one point in the race, he was running like fourth or fifth. I don't even see his name on the list. Hmm. Oh, no, wait a minute. I, uh, third third place. Yeah, see, he was yeah, up there. Yeah, I was looking further down. I should have looked at the <laughs> top of the sheet. Yeah, I knew that he was up there, that he was one of the ones that could have contended for the win. So that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, well, good for him. Well, and then, Mike, um, to wrap up the Texas deal, again, you go back to these people who already had it in their heads, I guess, too, about Texas being, you know, that this is a race. I don't even want to see it. It's going to be a, you know, crap, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Well, the USA Network averaged a 1.908 million TV-only viewers for NASCAR Cup Series playoff race from TMS. That went well into primetime rain delay, about 45 minutes not included. Same weekend. Um, which it, it's down the same weekend 2021 uh, was in Las Vegas it drew 2.095 million um, and Texas of course was in mid-October then so um, it, it was down the numbers were down for this race but again I I think you know there's those factors but I think the main factor is because people are have already been writing Texas off you know I mean they just don't want to see that race anymore it's not that they don't want to see people race at Texas they don't want to see this track they want something to be done. And that was really, Mike, I mean, for the short time I was there on Saturday, that was the conversation between drivers and media and everyone in the media center was. Yeah. Well, the media was trying to steer that ship, you know, that was, it was clear when we walked in, that was the agenda to try to get as many people to comment on what they thought they should do to Texas motor speedway. Now, nothing has been announced haven't seen any equipment there yet. Haven't heard any equipment there yet. But I have a feeling there's a lot of time now between now and April 1st uh, when the next race is going to be held there. I think we're going to see some type of change to the track 
or the track surface, or at least part of it. They might at least take out the um, the part that has the PJ1 compound on it and redo that part. Well, um, did you hear anything? I was reading different reviews from people, and there was a lot of people that were complaining about the bar, about the, the belly up bar thing that went around. A lot of people were calling it wasted space. It was just a bunch of wasted space. It was a way for them to get rid of, you know, cause they took out a bunch of like a whole section of seats and stuff there. There was a lot of people that complained about it. Really? Which, of I, course they're going to complain about everything, but um, they just felt it was wasted space. All I know is they were, when they did the, the grand opening for it, they on Friday night, they had, um, they were expecting 300. They had over 700 people that showed up. Well, that's good. Of course, they were giving away free beer, but <laughs> but still, they had a lot of people show up. You know, yeah. And and the so, attendance wasn't as bad as I thought it. I mean, it it still looked kind of, yeah. But yeah. um, you know, I, I mean, I don't. But it was hot. God, it was hot. It was so miserable for those fans. I felt so bad for those fans. They had cooling stations, and they were giving out um, <clears throat> towels that were, you know like ice down and everything. And they they were doing a lot. A lot of fans had to have medical treatment and everything, heat exhaustion and stuff like that. They were doing a lot of treating, uh, sun, especially Sunday for people that were passing out and stuff. It was, it was um, touch and go there for a while with a few people, but um, it, it was just so darn hot. And then, you know, the, the race got delayed almost an hour for the lightning. Um, that was a little ways away, but we had to go into the lightning protocol. Uh, Which that came out of nowhere. That was like the weirdest thing. There was no rain in the forecast, no nothing. Because, yeah. you know, there's rain showers and, and lightning and stuff. Yeah, that was weird. Well, Mike. So, uh, but it, overall, it was a great weekend. I thought, I thought you know, the event went, went over pretty well. And um, I had fun and looking forward to going back in April. Perfect. Well, um Mike, in NASCAR news, there was there was several kind of cool stories that uh that were out there. Of course, you you talked about Alex Bowman uh, not racing at Dega. I kind of had that in my Dega preview. Um, but Cody Ware will he was treated and released, and he has been released from the protocol deal and and is able to race. Um, yeah. Kind of some cool news here, a little crossover news. IndyCar driver Connor Daly will make his Cup debut at the Roval. Um, he'll be driving for Floyd Mayweather's uh, money team. And okay. the number fifty Chevrolet, uh, and so that's that's going to be cool. I, 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 Connor, I can see Connor is like the perfect crossover guy there. Yeah. And then speaking of crossover or double duty guys, well, it was announced this week that seven time champion uh, Jimmy Johnson uh mm-hmm. said he is going to retire again or <laughs> so to speak from full time racing for next season he will not race full time on the indycar uh circuit um but that he is looking to do basically some bucket list things that he's wanted to to get you know to accomplish and one of them is le mans and another one is he wants to win at the 24 hours of daytona but he said honestly one of the biggest bucket lists is he wants to do the double duty um he wants to race the indianapolis 500 and he wants to race um the coke 600 and Mm. with that said Jimmy Johnson is very good friends with Justin Marks and Justin Marks has already said that he's been trying, he's been talking to to Jimmy for a while about that. He's welcome to come drive the 91 um, project 91 car there for track house racing. Wow. 
and do the double duty in that car. And my understanding is Carvana is good to go for sponsorship in both deals. So mm-hmm. look to possibly, let's see, we'll get the, um, everything, you know, uh, everything, uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for sign dotted and stuff, but yeah. keep your eye on that because we're already watching Kyle Bush. How cool will it be if we get Kyle Bush doing it and we get Jimmy Johnson doing it as well, which I would love to see Jimmy do double duty. Um, and, and, you know, it, it just, Oh my God. And then if you put him in the track house, oh, yeah. car, that gives him an, <laughs> yeah. you know, and at Charlotte or uh, well, the Coke 600. Yeah. At Charlotte, uh, the track that he dominated for years. <clears throat> Remember that was Lowe's motor speedway. That was the house that Jimmy built. Um, so um fun fun stuff there so i i would love to see that also kurt bush another guy who has done double duty before kurt saying that he hopes to be back driving before the end of the 2022 season that he's really hoping that he gets back in the car and he thinks that he will hopefully that'll be take place uh, real soon so you uh, time (laughs) you talked about dell jr talking for like 30 30 for uh, 30 35 minutes or so um him and the dirty mo media they struck a huge podcast deal um with let's see a seven figure podcast deal with cadence 13 it's a big media conglomerate or whatever and so they are partnering up or something with his podcast multi-year deal but seven okay. figures that's i mean huge huge deals there for for him um, like like junior needs more money yeah no kidding no i love it i'm 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 totally down for that and um mike the other two things that i thought were interesting because one is this weekend and one of it has to do with charlotte is this weekend uh talladega opened up two of its parking areas camping areas for hurricane uh refugees to to stay at so they've oh, wow. got a bunch of, of evacuee refugees. That's what they call them, but I call them evacuees. Um, they've got a bunch of them staying there. You know, that place, that facility is so huge that oh, they have yeah. plenty of room. So they're staying, they had opened up the free campsite areas for sure. evacuees. But Charlotte is opening up because, you know, this storm now has moved over Florida. It's going back out in the Atlantic and it's supposed to come back in. And they say hit um, South Carolina and North Carolina, the Carolinas, and possibly even Georgia, too. So, um, you know, it's very interesting, Mike, because, you know, headed right toward Charlotte. Yeah. And and who knows? I mean, what kind of damage that could do there. But they have also opened their facilities for people needing to evacuate. So both facilities are doing this with races going on. Um, You know, I hate to say this because it's the last thing that these people are worried about. But and I know Talladega, I mean, it's a huge place, but they were almost, I think, at capacity or near a sellout or something. But um, you'd have to think that if there are tickets still available, that some of those people will, you know, they're there. Why wouldn't they uh, go to the race? Just give them to give them the tickets. Let them. Well, that would be them. awesome too, just to get yeah. their mind off of it, or so, especially if they have children and all. But um, what a great thing to do too. Again, this is not the big picture. I'm not trying to like look, but what a cool thing to do for people when they're needing, you know, w- when their life has been turned upside down. And then 
while this isn't as important, it's still kind of a nice takeaway. How many of those people may not have may not be NASCAR fans that might become new fans after that, yeah. you know, after yeah, just even just the facilities opening up during a, a race weekend. <laughs> but of all the facilities, <laughs> I mean, we hear stories about Talladega. <laughs> Talladega is like, you know, spring break on steroids. That might so. be a rude awakening for some of these people <laughs> who are not NASCAR fans. Right. It, it could be. So um, anyway, but that's uh, some of the NASCAR news and notes. Mike, I know um, NHR, NHRA raced. Um, give us an update, kind of let us know what, what went down and then what do we have to look forward to this week? Well, if I can quit coughing, I tell you, we were driving down, I'll tell you about the NHRA in just a second. Uh-huh. We were driving down 114, my son and I going to the track Saturday morning and we passed this field where they were cutting hay uh-huh. and all of a sudden we just started sneezing and sneezing and I haven't stopped since then, it seems like. <laughs> I've been oh man I this this has been the worst fall season for allergies. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. definitely. <laughs> but excuse me. So the NHRA ran in um at Charlotte at Zmax Dragway this last weekend. Four wide, right? Well, the the four wide is the spring race. Oh, okay. Oops, okay, sorry. But they they ran the uh Carolina Nationals, Don, and uh, anyway, they uh, I'm calling it up here. Uh, Antron Brown got the win. He's won three of the last five races in the um, top fuel division, and Ron Capps got the win in um, funny car, and then Greg, uh, not Greg, uh, Aaron Stanfield, Greg Stanfield, I think is his dad. Uh, Aaron Stanfield took the, the race in, um, in pro stock. The motorcycles were off. And then this weekend they're going to be at um, in St. Louis at Gateway. Hmm. They're right. They're racing there. So uh, hopefully all the guys can get to the to the track. I think Missouri and, and St. Louis think the storm won't go that direction or anything like that. I think they're going to be okay weather wise and stuff like that. But it's a good thing they had the Carolina Nationals this last weekend because if it was this weekend with the storm heading to Charlotte. That would not be a mess. It would be a real mess, yeah. So, but uh, then we have three weeks. We have the uh, Stampede of Speed here at the Texas Motorplex in in Texas. So, the NHRA comes to Texas in three weeks. It's uh, third weekend of October. Yeah, and I was really hoping to go with you, and I completely forgot. Um, and here I'm t- telling everybody this, but I won't be able to go because I am actually working that weekend because that's the weekend before my son's. Uh, wedding and uh, my boss is having to go out of town so I'm having to work on that weekend Um, so I may not I might be able to go if it's um, since it's on a Sunday as well I might be able to go to Sunday so let me yeah the final round round, we'll discuss that later but um, all right Mike well Talladega um, (laughs) I don't I'm already like it's it's gonna be a, a a shit show and I'm gonna love it every single minute of it because I love it. And, and, you know, that's another thing, Mike, of course, that Texas, the Texas races, everybody had an opinion on what kind of track they want to see Texas become. And you wouldn't believe how many people, especially drivers were like, Mm -hmm. no, no more super speedways. Oh. And then that was the other thing, Mike, is these people, the same people who think that the car is shitty and put Atlanta back the way it was y'all ruined Atlanta. Yeah. What? (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, what kind of crack are y'all smoking? You know, I, I, I just, I, I don't get people. I really don't. <laughs> so that was the other thing that they were saying. I was just heated on that. So, um, anyway. Before you too long, they're going to say, let's go back to racing on the beach at Daytona. Oh, geez. You, know. you run Daytona. You put asphalt down on the sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it's just craziness, crazy talk. So I mean, hell, you know, if you want to bitch about something, then bitch about Charlotte that they made a roval out of it. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, Atlanta was probably both races were probably two of the best races, if not the best races this season. They were. They yeah. were great races this year. I have no idea what, like and I said, that, people are smoking asphalt, bad track. And as the asphalt ages, that track's going to get even better, I think. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, well, Dega is its own monster oh, and it's going to, I just, I don't even know what to expect because now we've got guys wanting to pay back. Uh, you've got guys desperate for wins that have got to get wins because let's face it, you know, you're, you're, you can't be sitting back there and, and praying that you, you know, squeak your way in, you you know, or trying to point your way in. It's just not going to work. You really need to secure yourself. You don't want it to come down to the Roval where you, you know, to try yeah. to point your way in. You're right about that. So you want me to give you my picks? Yes. Give me your picks. Okay. I'm going to go with the win, Joey Logano. Mm-hmm. My long shot is, um, oh man, it's. I'm going to go Brad Keselowski. My really, really, really long shot, I'm going to go Ross Chastain for this one. So, All right. Um, so I'm going to go for the win. I'm not even looking. I'm just going to go off the top of my head here. Um, why not? I'm going to go Bubba Wallace. I, I mean, I, how can you not like look at Bubba for, he's been doing really, really well at this track and he's going to be in the 45 car again. So I'm going to say Bubba, um, second, my, uh, second driver, I'm going to say Ross there as my second driver and my long shot. Um, I'm going to say Justin Haley. Well, Look where he finished this last week. So, and, and you know what? I'm sorry. Okay, as much as I want to say Ross, since you picked him, and we try not to pick the same drivers. I, I'm going to take Ross out, but I'm going to go Ross's teammate. I'm going to say Daniel Suarez, which is not a bad pick, actually. Okay, so there we go. Um, so those are and and it's still it's like tough because I could say Austin Dillon, I could say Michael McDowell, I could say you know there's there's so many of these drivers that have done really really well at this track. Uh, or on these large tracks this season that n- you don't normally, you know, isn't normally a name. Denny Hamlin would, it, it should be an easy pick too. I mean, he normally does well at these super speedways. He's a good drafter. Um, God, there's just so many. Hey, and by the way, real quick, I'm looking at Chris Busher's name here on the results sheet and stuff. You know, he won at Bristol here and uh, there we, we had, we, uh, well, we've interviewed him before. You know, <laughs> on the show in Texas and everything, but um, you got to listen. If I don't know if you listen to it, Dawn, but anybody listening you know, this week, you, you need to go to the Dale Jr. Download and download this week's episode with Chris. I haven't Blake. listened yet. Oh my God. It's funny. It is so funny. Um, it's one of the best I've funniest. I mean, I was just laughing. It's like two hours and 45 minutes long or something like wow. that. And um, the interview goes on forever, but um, uh, Dale talks about taking Amy for a ride in the uh, ride along at Bristol. Yeah, 
I and, saw a video of that. Yeah, and and and, and then uh, he and Chris, uh, Christopher, the, the whole Christopher thing comes up, you know, and they're talking about getting a shirt made and everything. It's just it's just funny stuff. Uh, but Dale and 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 Chris, um, they got a lot a lot in common, you know, and they 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 get along real well, and uh, they told some stories and. Um, and there's just some great history that from the past that, that got brought up and everything. And you find out a lot about Chris Busher in this episode because uh, he is from Texas and everything. And and so uh, I, I highly recommend everybody go listen to it because you'll you'll it's well time well spent listening to that podcast. Oh gosh, well <laughs> definitely we'll do that because I could use. Um, I could use the humor for sure, the laughs and stuff. And Mike, uh, before we go, um, and I hate to end the show on this kind of note, but um, you and I both wanted to make sure that um, we let our listeners know that our good friend, Dave Chrome, who of course we've talked about before, Dave, um, Dave was a longtime employee there at, well, first of all, he was a longtime employee up here in the Dallas area. Uh, he used to do TV up here, was a sports, um, broadcaster. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then he worked at Texas Motor Speedway in the broadcast and media center and stuff. Um, and then he left and he was actually working for another place, but he would volunteer on race weekends and come back and work and, um, another former employee there, Jake Young, who you and I just adore as well. I saw on Twitter, he talked about, or on Facebook, one of the two that, you know, no job was, um, below Dave. He would do any job and did it with a smile. He just yeah. loved to be there. He loved to help out. And Dave has been golf cart rides from the infield to the, um, press box and just, you know, anything would bring food up there for, for the media just the yeah. nicest guy. I mean, never complained, always had a smile on his face, always give you a hug or a handshake. Um, and of course, you know, we talked about earlier, uh, I, I guess it's been a few months now, about three months or so. We, we talked to, uh, on the air about him going into the hospital where he had, we thought like a, a stroke or something. And, yeah. um, but he had brain cancer and he, a tumor and everything too. yeah, he had a tumor. And so basically, um, he fought hard, but his battle came to an end, um, on Monday, which I kind of thought again, ironic, you know, he was battling all weekend and it was Texas motor speedway weekend. And he hung in there until Monday, um, mm -hmm. after race weekend was done and stuff. And so, you know, um, yeah, it, it was, it was real sad to see that, but there's been some wonderful tributes written about him on Facebook and different people that have known him. And apparently he was a great baseball player at one time. The catcher. Yeah. I didn't, which I didn't know. I can see that. Okay. First of all, now, I mean, of course, Dave, he was older now, but Dave's a big guy. I mean, just a big guy in general, big bone, big guy. Um, so, I mean, he's probably got some meat paws on, you know, had some meat paws on him there, them hands, I'm sure. <laughs> um, cause he's a, he's a big dude, but, um, God, just like a big teddy bear though. That's how I, that's the only way I can think to describe him. Just the nicest guy. Well, uh, someone took a mold of his hand, his, his pitching hand. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. I heard it was while he was in the hospital. They did that. Yeah. yeah which I thought was kind of interesting and cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
it just it was sad you know and it was it it's strange Mike because we were just talking to when we were there it every you know I mean he hasn't been there in a couple of years and we notice it you know yeah. when we, go, we 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 say it every single time it's just weird um and you know Mike something else that I noticed the other day and and I I guess this is just something I'm gonna have to um I heard a podcast the other day Anderson Cooper has a podcast that he does and it's on dealing with grief um and I can't think of the name of it right now but you'll find it's on XM Sirius XM and stuff but it's basically on how to deal with grief and he brings on people who talk about how they dealt with it and stuff um and I this is it's kind of silly but I I've never been one that I deal well with I I don't do funerals like really I try not to I cannot do open casket like I will not I become physically sick um so like I just have this deal about that and so but one of the things I had noticed the other day is I got a new iPhone and so I was making sure that everything was in there and I've noticed that I have yet there are several people in my phone that I have yet to go and remove who have passed away um um I'm the same way I just can't Kevin O'Keefe is in there yeah, um my Brent, Brent Bowler yeah um I, I, I last text that we uh that we we had see I have um Steve Burns I had his text oh. for a long time and I find him and then um oh gosh um now I'm having a brain fart um Adams 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 my friend I can't think of his name right now I'll I'll remember in a minute Anyway, um, I had messages from him. He was up in Austin. Um, but Dave's name, you know, of course is in there and his phone number's in there. And I just, you know, I don't know. I just can't bring myself to go and delete their phone numbers yet. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe I need to delete the phone number and just leave the contact name in there. So it's still in there, but, um, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. So I, I, I understand how you feel because I'm kind of the same way. <clears throat> it's tough, but Dave was a great guy, Don, and, and um, very good to me over the years. And it's weird that, you know, he passed away Monday because this past weekend I was really thinking about him. I was looking around like I always, we always see him and I always look for him. And, and <clears throat> I was doing that this weekend and found myself looking for him, knowing he wasn't going to be there. But, you know, he's going to definitely be missed. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. Well, we send our prayers um, to his family and friends. And um, I know he was he was a big family man. And so to his children, yeah. uh, his wife and, and everyone, uh, his church family, he was yeah. a, a very, very um, faithful man. Um, very, you know, just. I just, I mean, it's just, that's the thing about it is he was one of the best. He was, he was a good one. And, and, you know, lost a good one there. We definitely lost a good one. So, uh, anyway, but, uh, Dave, we love you. We think about you and, um, thank you for everything that you did for us at Texas. And then just for being a friend, um, my life, I know Mike is definitely better having known him. So definitely Mike, uh, we will catch up with everyone next week and, uh, we'll see who's left standing after Talladega. It's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a wild one. 
it's really, gonna be crazy. Be, this race is gonna be really one you want to watch. So don't don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, don't miss it. All right, guys, have a safe weekend. Stay safe. Uh, if you're out there in the Carolinas and stuff dealing with this weather, um, please stay safe. Please uh, don't don't be complacent. Heed the warnings. Get out. You know, make the decision to get out, move, do whatever you need to do. You don't want to be a statistic later on. So we we want you back here listening to the show and uh, and and having fun with us. So um, everyone, stay safe, and we will check in with y'all next week. Have a good one. describe myself in one word it'd be very shy and not talkative now i'm just with you this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com